0: Hey there, lovely souls. I'm your host, Allison Toth, and I wanna give you a warm welcome to Wishing You Wellness, the podcast where mental health meets spirituality. When it comes to rock bottom, I've been there more than once and I know what it's like to wake up daily to mental health struggles on this podcast I share insight and stories to help motivate and inspire you and to help you feel less alone in this in wishing you wellness we talk inner child healing mindset shifts radical self-love the art of intentional living and so much more think of me as your mental wellness bestie if you're ready to step into your power and change your life just hit play Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the Wishing You Wellness podcast. It is so great to have you here. If you've been here before, welcome back. I appreciate you guys tuning in so much. This podcast helps me, believe it or not, probably even more than it helps you guys. Like I get messages about how tuning in helps you guys with your mental health and just like helps you feel less alone in this. But I want you to know that you make me feel that way. Like every time I create an episode, I send it out there and go, hmm, I wonder if anybody else has felt this way. And then you guys reaching out to me and being like, oh my gosh, this resonated so much. I felt so seen. I felt so helped. That makes me feel less alone. So I just want to thank you guys so, so much. My repeat listeners for coming in week after week and just hanging out and sharing the space with me. It truly means the whole entire world to me. And then New listeners, hello. If it's your first time here, special welcome to the Wishing You Wellness podcast. This is the podcast where mental health meets spirituality. And so we talk about everything. We talk about quantum leaps. We talk about psychosis. We talk about suicide prevention. We talk about uh, self love and self care. We talk about hot dogs. We talk about, listen, we talk about everything on this show. We go from all ends of all spectrums. And that's what I love about this space. It's not really super niche and i don't think it was meant to be. this platform and the way that i hope to help people through this platform is by having conversations with as many different people from as many different walks of life as possible. and so that's why you'll see some of the most interesting and incredible and engaging guests on the show because that's our mission is to bring you guys stories from people of all walks of life. And so today in the recording studio, I have a new friend of mine. We've been trying to connect for a while. As soon as I saw them online, I was like, I love their energy so much. I think that we are going to vibe so well. And I also think that they have a really powerful message to share. And so I just absolutely had to invite them on. So Bailey, Bailey is a sexual abuse survivor advocate. She is, or they are also um, currently a journalist, currently a poet, and I believe recently they published something. Can you, can you confirm this for us, Bailey?
1: Yes. Hi everybody. I'm so, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm like so excited right now. Um, yeah, so I'm published in luxury trending. I'm going to be published in business concept next month. And one of my favorite magazines that I write for is called Outre and that's like a luxury LGBTQ magazine. It's like all about sharing the voices of queer people.
0: Mm. <laughs> that's amazing and they're all magazines
1: yes these are all magazines I write for some pub, um, like online publications too one of them is called our wave and that's a platform that helps sexual trauma survivors share their stories anonymously that was like the first place I was ever published to. I really love that over there
0: first of all thank you for your work what you do is incredibly important and just like <clears throat> looking through your Instagram and looking at your online presence It's so obvious that you are here to help others and here to help guide people towards the light. And so I really appreciate what you do and the way that you show up so authentically. I feel like we need a lot more of that in the world. Just people who aren't afraid to just be like, okay, this is my story. This is what I've walked through. And now I can kind of serve as a light for people who are currently in that dark spot in their life. And so Mm -hmm. that kind of brings me to my first question You know, most people, when they start coaching on something specific, there's a reason, right? Business coaches, Mm -hmm. they're passionate about operations and self love coaches, most likely at a time, struggled with their own self love and self care. And so, you being someone who advocates so much for what you advocate for, I'm curious about kind of what led you up to that space and just kind of like how you ended up in the position of, ooh, this is what I wanna do. And this is the way that I wanna support people.
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay, absolutely. Well, I think to an- be able to answer that, I have to say, um, you know, I'm very spiritual, like I'm a spiritual person. And I had a spiritual awakening in 2019. Um, and my spiritual awakening was, um, you know, some people, it's kind of like gradual and builds up, I had a little bit of a buildup. And then it was like, boom, like floodgate. I think that I'm, I think that I have psychosis. I think I am going crazy, you know, and um, what led to me having that spiritual awakening, and I, I hate that it happened this way, but was that I did experience sexual assault, and that's when I was in college. Um, so, but the thing is, sexual assault is like literally one of the most common issues in human culture, and it's a normalized part of human culture. So people actually don't really consider it an issue. They think this is just the way things have always been, so it's the way things are always going to be. Um, and to an extent, I also thought that I never really anticipated myself being a sexual trauma survivor. Like I never expected myself to, to have that experience. And then when I did, the world co- totally opened up and I realized how common it was. Um, but in my particular experience, what, main, what brought me to where I am today is I was drugged um, at one of like, the most, pop- the most like, popular nightclub in Santa Barbara. That's where I went to school. And this was like where all of my, my classmates, like everyone from Santa Barbara goes to this spot. Like this is like the hot spot. And I was drugged by a bartender. Um, So drugged by a bartender to be assaulted by his group of friends. And I want to just say for everyone out there, this is a really uncommon circumstance. The majority of sexual assaults happen by someone that you already know. Like 39% of sexual assaults in the US happen by someone you already know. So to be drugged and assaulted by strangers, this was like super, it's super uncommon, but In this experience um i from the experience i had i was it it was very i was very aware that i was not the first or the last person they've they've done this to like i was literally just like one of many like this was their as a friend group this is like what they did for entertainment you know what i mean and um i felt like well i have to talk i have to find out others who have had this experience because like they're they're terrorizing like literally they're terrorizing the community um so A year later, exactly one year since it happened, I posted everywhere, like online, I posted on my Instagram, I posted in Facebook groups, um, Twitter, I even post like I changed my like Tinder bio like literally my entire online presence I said hey if you've had this experience like reach out to me this is what happened, and um, I was. And I had to do that because honestly, like the sun, I, like it was after the solar solar solstice and the sun told me like, you need to do this. Like, you have to take this action. I like trusted the sun's guidance. And I know like to non-spiritual people, that sounds like so weird, but it was like, I knew what the sun was telling me to do and I trusted it and I went from there. Um, the thing that happened next is honestly what really defined my path. And that was that tons of people that I know in real life messaged me and shared their stories with me. I mean, like I was overwhelmed by the amount of people I know, like former coworkers or people I went to high school with that reached out and were like amazed that I was speaking about this. And it, it literally like ricocheted my whole world. Like this is when my entire perception of the world just like blew up. And I understood that I had to keep talking about this and I have to keep, I have to keep sharing this story because sexual trauma survivors, we want to talk about what happened to us. But there's so much shame. There's so much cultural shame that we feel like we can't. So I have to talk about it to show other people
0: that we can talk about it. We can heal from this together. And I'm so glad that you are doing that and that you're choosing to be brave and step into that, you know, that space of sharing, because I completely agree. I think that sexual assault is very similar to suicide prevention and that when we just push it down, don't talk about it, hide it from the light of day, pretend it didn't happen, it gets worse and mm-hmm, things begin to become a mountain instead of a small little hill where we started. And so I think it's so important that we take issues like sexual assault, like incest, like suicide, all of these topics that are uncomfortable and hard, and we talk about them and mm-hmm, we bring them mm-hmm. into the public because that's how we get rid of the shame attached mm-hmm. to the stigma. When I first started talking openly, about not just being bipolar, but about having had experienced psychosis in my life. I just felt so much shame and I felt so weird and like embarrassed about it. And then within a week, the messages, just like you, they poured in and people were like, and I had a nervous breakdown last year. I had this breakdown, which led to psychosis and delusions and just hearing other people be like, I've been there. And I didn't think it was something that we talked about, but you're talking about it. And it makes me see that like, it's something that we can talk about that's like the best feeling that exists because we know we're helping people see that it is safe to get help and there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with Mm -hmm. needing help and support in these situations. And so, yeah, for the second time, thank you for what you do, because (laughs) I think it's amazing and it helps people myself included because so many of us have been through something like this. And we were also kind of told maybe not in exact words or anything like that, but we were told by the way society responds to sexual assault, that it's no big deal and that it's common Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. what is it three out of five of us three out of four of us are going to go through it like i know it's high
1: it's one out of six american women have experienced either attempted or completed rape and that's from rain they're like the largest um anti-sexual violence organization in the u.s
0: Wow, wow 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 yeah
1: it's a it's a fuck ton of oh it's a lot of people sorry a ton all the
0: time on this show show. mental health spirituality and profanities that's like our (laughs) umbrella
1: no that's a good niche so that's a niche for sure (laughs) but yeah what you were saying though about the society like kind of teaches us that we're not supposed to talk about it I just agree completely and that narrative that narrative it really empowers the perpetrators too, because they know even on a subconscious level that like I can do this and there's probably going to be no
0: repercussions. How do you think that we can slowly start to incorporate more of this conversation without obviously being too jarring for people? Because I know stuff like this, it's kind of tricky because for some people just hearing about somebody else's case can be such a trigger that it sends them spiraling so how can we make this part of the conversation while still being just intentional about it I guess
1: okay so this is actually I feel like very aligned that you asked this um I've had this issue too because I'm like how do I keep talking about this in a way that doesn't overwhelm people or like drain them Um, how do I do this in a way that we can like have a sustained conversation about sexual trauma and so that's why like last month um, it was sexual assault awareness month and I tried to make my content like kind of all country themed like I was trying to make it more like fun and lighthearted. that way people could like approach the subject um, not from a place of like deep 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 pain but of just kind of like we could have a regular conversation about this you know in a country hat you know cowboy hats like that's what I was trying to do. I'm trying to like lighten up the dialogue so that we can just talk about it in general, you know, as a culture. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's so, so, so important. And I think that a lot of people, I'm sure this, I'm sure that you also have encountered this just researching. A lot of people Mm -hmm. don't even realize that what they have been through is not okay. And Mm -hmm. I say that because I, my first sexual assault, well, not my, not my technical first, but my first like bigger scale one happened in Spain. And I remember coming I'm here, I'm here. Home. Yeah. I remember coming home and I told my friends, I was like, it was very strange because at the time I didn't realize it was something that was that bad. You know, I just kind mm-hmm. of thought of like, Oh, men are kind of creepy and weird sometimes. What about it? And then similar thing mm-hmm. happened about a year after that, when I had a therapist who was emotionally grooming me and taking advantage of me and exploiting me in that way. And once again, I said, oh, that's just kind of how men are because I had this narrative that that quote unquote, that's how men are. And I'm still working to deprogram that for myself, but it mm-hmm. is such a societal, we literally tell people boys will be boys and statements mm-hmm. like these are literally the reason people are dying. And that might sound dramatic, but unchecked sexual assault trauma or sexual abuse trauma can be deadly. This is coming from somebody who works at a suicide prevention hotline and talks to people most days. And most of these people are like, this happened to me in my childhood and I hate myself for it. Or this happened Mm -hmm. to me as a teenager and I didn't stand up for myself. And I'm so mad at myself for not standing up for myself. We blame ourselves. And I think Mm -hmm. that's because as a whole, for the longer part of time, society has also blamed the victim. And that is Mm -hmm. why, because which causes more of a dilemma, somebody finding out that a girl or a human was assaulted, or Somebody being kicked off their sports team and having their scholarship taken away because of what they did, which one makes headlines, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's crazy to me. It just baffles me.
1: First of all, thank you so much for sharing about that, that it's actually so common for someone who's experienced some form of sexual abuse to have it happen again. A lot of people don't know that. So you're, you're, you are totally like normal. (laughs) You're totally normal and you're so beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. And I also have a question for you, if that's okay.
0: Please. Yes. So,
1: um, how did you, cause you're saying like you had that idea of this is how men are. So it's kind of like, it's okay. This is acceptable. How did you come to realize like, oh, this
0: isn't okay. How did you kind of like shift your, how did you break out of the matrix? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? This is so, so good. This is juicy. So <laughs> we'll, we're going to start from, there's two parts. We're going to start at part two though. And then we'll circle back okay. to part one. So with my therapist, that, that was a very hard one because when you go, yeah, to a professional, you know, when you go to see a professional, you are putting your trust in them. And mm-hmm. I live with borderline personality disorder, which we are inherently known to struggle with being naive, overly trusting, because we want connection and we crave connection in a way that we're like, I don't care about the specifics. I just want you to like me and to care for me and blah, blah, blah. And so with this therapist, Trigger warning for anybody listening. I'm going to already put trigger warning at the beginning of this episode, but just in case, I feel like this one can be kind of rough. He and I only worked together for about four months or so, but during that time I would come in and he would tell me all about his sex life. He would ask me questions about mine and he would phrase it as this is sex therapy. And since a lot of your issues are based in your relationships with the masculine, this is how we'll address it. And so in my mind, I was like, well, I guess if this guy has degrees, I guess he knows what he's doing. And I guess this is sex therapy. And then I remember one of my last sessions with him, he was sitting across from me and usually he was pretty sly about the way he would ask things and he'd be very careful. But that time he literally looked at me and was like, Allison, how do you like to be fucked? And like, I remember that's when I went home and I went to my ex-boyfriend at the time and I was like, what do you think about this? And unfortunately he goes, yeah, that's weird. I don't know. And that was the end of the conversation. And I just went on a my life because at this point I was still addicted to pills and trying to get clean. My BPD was mm-hmm. completely out of check and I was just like, not good. And so I left the therapist, had no idea what to do or what had even happened to me. And now this was about five months ago from today. I'm sitting in the Mm -hmm. office with all of the crisis workers at the hotline. We're type, type, typing away. And somebody talks about malpractice and bad therapists and countertransference. And I go, well, I got you guys beat because my old therapist used to ask me how I like to be fucked. And then I started laughing and like the entire room went silent. And I was like, oh, Oh, no, no, oh no. And one of my friends was like, hey, Allison, let's go sit and talk for a second. And I was like, oh, no, damn no. It. I was blissfully dissociated. Don't do this to oh, me. Man. And so she was a licensed counselor and she sat me down and she was like, "Allison, this is called exploitation. Um, this is when someone in power uses their power to get things from you that they should not have access to. She's like, what you went through is not okay. She's like, if you feel at any point that you're ready to come forward, we're behind you hundred percent. But we also want you to take time to process it before you start rushing into all of that because we know how it can be and how tiring that process can be. So she was like, we're here to support you. We love you. Yeah, and I remember going home that night and being like, holy shit. I would have never put it together on my own. And how many victims do we think that happens to? Where people go around thinking this is normal. Every woman, every human experiences this, right? That's what we tell ourselves. But the reality is it shouldn't be that way. It's like you said, this has become so normalized, but it shouldn't be so normalized. Like we are talking about abuse, Sexual or not, this is a very real and serious, probably one of the most hurtful forms of abuse. And we just like, I don't know. I feel like it runs rampant and people are just like, eh. And obviously, there are amazing advocates like you out there. I just wish we had so many more. I wish I could clone you. Like the thing from the Austin Powers movies, he like clones the fembots. That's what I want to do with you. Oh, I, w- I haven't seen that
1: movie. <laughs> oh, man.
0: You have homework. Listen, you're going to love it. Oh,
1: God, I have homework. Okay, I'll do the homework.
0: so yeah do you have any advice for people who are just kind of like coming to terms with what they've been through and just kind of accepting Mm -hmm. what's happened to them
1: i well also i just want to say like i'm mind blown about this therapist like taking advantage of of you like this especially like um like i have a degree in psychology and i was studying to be a therapist and it's just like it's so 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 shameful to the field that people like this like they rise in their degree like he's probably a very prestigious like powerful guy like to, to have a master's and do and just to take advantage of people I'm I'm just sorry that you had to be one of the people it happened to
0: thank you isn't it just um uh, it's one of those damn it really is everywhere kinds of moments yes, because I is. was going to therapy to heal from to my heal. trauma with men and now
1: you're like traumatized from trying to heal like that's gonna like do you, do you still seek therapists now? Or like, how does that, how has that affected you? So
0: since then over the past three years, since that happened, I've been with the same male therapist. And when I first started working with him, I thought there's no way I can trust a man. There's no way I can do this. And now three years in, we have the best relationship I've ever had with a therapist. He is so professional. He's so kind. Like every time I've been hospitalized or anything, he is calling and checking on me. Like he is just Mm -hmm. a godsend. And we have started working together through my stuff with my old therapist and I only told him about this like a few months ago and he was like Allison this is a lot for us to unpack <laughs> together like we just finished your s- dive into this one oh what uh-huh. is microphones doing something okay there we go I think it you went
1: for- out for a second okay but it's back we came back
0: anyway I thank oh I lost that could you say it one more time I forgot what I had asked you I think I had asked you something um for
1: if you just found like just came to terms with what happened to you, right? Um, it's okay. So okay, well, I'm gonna draw on the experiences. I was also I did two sessions of group therapy um right after it happened to me. And I'm gonna draw on kind of like the experiences I learned from those survivors as well as my own. Um so it one thing I noticed when I was in group therapy was like there was particularly one woman who um she had never addressed her sexual trauma and it was like eight years later she was like holy shit I was raped like she finally like was like aware that it had happened to her she finally could admit it to herself um and she had just go slow with yourself like be gentle with yourself is what I really want to say and I know that that sounds kind of vague but like your reality like your external reality isn't going to shift yet it's happening internally so like be gentle with your internal journey like you're you're the one experiencing your internal world so if you as much as you can try to be soothing with yourself and know that the universe is taking care of you and yes your external reality is eventually going to shift but right now it's not going to right now it's about you being tender and gentle and loving with yourself that's that's the biggest thing i could say so like if there's little things you can do that are like little self-care things that soothe you, I would like do those. Like last night, um, I literally just gave myself a foot massage just because, because, you know, just a little, do those little things to take care of yourself. And just if you could perceive like another person outside of you who had just gone through this and is now coming to terms with it, how would you respond to them? If you can do that for yourself, you're going to build so much trust with yourself too. And then when you do get to a place where you're able to speak about your narrative, you're gonna feel more empowered too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And on top of, so I love, love, love individual therapy for stuff like this mm-hmm. because I think you can really get to the root. I also love group support communities because there mm-hmm. is nothing in this entire planet that I have found more healing and more like good feeling for lack of better words, than being in support communities and finding people mm-hmm. who have been through similar shit to me and who are battling similar demons and coming together with them and going okay what do you do when this happens or how Mm -hmm. do you cope with this or what are your favorite ways to soothe yourself when you're getting dysregulated like this because these are people who really get it like you can go see professionals all day long and they can give you lots of help but being around people who have lived through what you've lived through Mm -hmm. and who are trying to heal from it the way you are that is like an unmatched experience in my opinion it really is Mm absolutely
1: absolutely like have we're any- such social creatures. We need other people. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead.
0: Have you been a part of any support communities or anything like that?
1: Those two group therapy sessions were the ones where I, like, I was like hardcore. I was hardcore in a healing phase during those. And those literally, um, like when I look back on all of the healing that I've done, those sessions still, like I have such a warm spot in my heart. Like I look back so fondly on those. We, at the end of our group therapy sessions, like we all had a piece of paper and every, we would like pass the papers around and everyone kind of just like left a note for you of like saying like what they learned from you or what they meant to you. And I still have those papers and I still read them like from time to time. And it was just and it wasn't just about the support I received. That's something I really want to emphasize, being able to support other people, like to literally be able to tell other survivors, like, I believe you. I'm here for you. I'm rocking with you. And I hate those people, too. Like those just being on the same page like that, being able to like offer care to someone that you need. It's just, it's, it was so healing and I'm not in contact with any of those people because we all kind of mutually decided that wasn't what we wanted to do, but it's like, I, like, I still love them. You know what I mean? Like I would take care of them and that, that feeling, I feel like that that's community. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think that you make such a good point talking about how helping can be healing
1: I yes, it really so, can.
0: So much of my healing, so much of why I feel so good today is because I have this podcast and because mm-hmm. I have a coaching business where I work with neurodivergent folk and because I have retreats where I get to help people connect to their inner child. And I didn't feel fulfilled in this way until I started mm-hmm. helping others. And then I really found mm-hmm. out that is the only avenue to true, true happiness in this world. You can. get dopamine from success and from riches and from all these things. But like that true sense of like, I am here in my purpose. I am divinely Mm -hmm. made like that comes from serving and leading and guiding others and just I don't know, sometimes just holding space. I feel like a lot of times we subconsciously try to fix people, quick fix them so that we don't have to sit with those uncomfortable feelings. And because we don't want them to sit with those uncomfortable feelings, but the best way we can support somebody is giving them a space to be heard Mm
1: -hmm. and giving
0: them somewhere to just be Mm -hmm. seen and to be listened to.
1: I agree completely. And I just want to say, I love what you're doing too. Like your online presence. I think you're, you're illuminating the world just by being yourself. You know what I mean? Like, you're helping so many of us who have mental health issues um, just love ourselves even more. It's, it's really beautiful what you're doing.
0: Thank you. I love that. And since your bio said something about you being mm-hmm. a self-love advocate too, oh, yeah. I would love to talk self-love for a little bit. Oh, hell so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> where did your kind of self-love journey start? Like, when did you kind of go, hmm, my relationship with myself isn't quite exactly where I'd like it to be. think I, I
1: think it all comes back down again to my spiritual awakening, um, just becoming like, gosh, how do I, how do I think of this? But it was more so, I've, I feel like, honestly, like the key to living in a more loving world is first loving yourself, because I fundamentally believe that your relationship with the world is a reflection of your relationship with yourself. So the kind of people who like, oh, everyone around me sucks, like everyone around me is stupid, their internal monologue, they're telling themselves that they suck and that they're stupid. But if you're someone who's like, everyone's trying their best, like everyone's doing their best, you can guarantee that's the kind of person who with themselves is trying to do their best. So I just kind of over to me, self-love and spirituality, they're like synonymous, like straight up. Because I really feel like the more you're able to love yourself, the more you're able to be kind with yourself, to give yourself space to grow. this It's the same approach you have to the entire world. So I just feel... I, and then, you know what, my relationship with myself, I was never aware of it truly. Like I was just living on autopilot, basically, like not just not conscious of who I was. And it was like I had to develop a friendship with myself that I didn't have. And I didn't even realize was a possibility to have. And it was like just over time, um, as I like really was connecting more with the universe, I was connecting more with myself. And it was like just there was like this friendship that developed, developed and then it became love. And it was like, holy shit, like I love you. And you're this person who I'm going to spend my entire life with. Like every day I wake up with you, like you, you are my soul person. So I want to, I want to have a good relationship with you. I want to love you. And then that's kind of just, it just developed all from there.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. And what are your favorite ways to practice self-love? Do you have any self-love rituals or anything like that? Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. One of them is like I, on every full moon, I'll collect moon water and I'll basically like set an intention with the, like the water, um, and then I drink later, I'll drink that water, you know, to like charge myself with the energy of the universe, but pretty much um, self-love practices, like it, small ones I do, like I'll like lotion my whole body. And I, I kind of think of it as like a goddess ritual, you know, like, ooh, like I'm, I'm honoring the body, you know what I mean? And I also do like yoga almost every single morning. And I do that, honestly, because like it feels good for my body. Like my body enjoys this and I love my body. I want to give my body the best life possible so I do it and then okay also this one is like when I go grocery shopping like I honestly believe that grocery shopping can be a self-love practice because you're buying food for your future self so you can kind of like flirt with your future self be like hey I got you like this little treat you know what I mean like I was thinking about you that's for you like those kinds of like
0: little things, you know. <laughs> that's so cute. I'm literally obsessed with that. The idea of flirting with future you is really. Yeah. So I like to do that when <laughs> I've had a couple drinks or something in the evening. Yeah. Like, I went out with friends. I'm like, okay, I come home. I put a water bottle out. I put ibuprofen out. I put my fuzzy socks out. I make my bed. I literally am thinking mm-hmm. like hungover Allison. I got you, Gabe. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. We got Here. you. <laughs> that's See, that's
1: beautiful. That's self love practice right there.
0: do it my other one is my showers I always talk about this but my showers are so extra and dramatic Mm -hmm. I have on these aura lights I like incense. I like candles. I I put on music. Like it becomes my church in there. It's my sanctuary. I meditate. I'll talk to the universe. I'll talk to myself. And it really is just my me time. I couldn't imagine showering with someone at this point in my life because I'm like, ah, that's my (laughs) me time. Like we can get down and frisky anywhere else, but fuck the shower. That is all me. That is my
1: design. You're like inspired me right now.
0: (laughs) you're gonna send me a video later and it's you taking like the craziest shower oh god (laughs) i'm gonna be like did you throw eucalyptus in there that
1: looks (laughs) i'm like i've got to get some incense though like i've got to do something like this like You're giving me
0: ideas right now. <laughs> so for me, it makes it a lot more manageable. I struggle with hygiene stuff. A lot of my neurodivergencies just seem to be centered around me not liking the feeling of brushing my teeth or showering or mm-hmm. water hitting me. It all feels weird. And so I have to really do it up and make it something exciting and fun for me, almost make it feel like a mini game or like a side quest. And then I'll do it. Then I'll shower and I'll clean myself and be a good girl. But there are times where I'm just like, Oh my God, I can't do it. And I'm not talking one day or two day. I'm talking like day five, day six. I'm like, okay, Allison, we got to do this. And that's how I actually came upon this idea was I was like seven or eight days at one point without showering during a depressive episode. And I was like, how can I clean myself? Because I have to get myself clean. It's one of my base needs. It's how I'm going to get better from here. And I was like, well, what are the things that I like? Okay. I like trippy lights. I like groovy music. I like to smell my incense. Wait a second. What if we took all of that shit from my bedroom? We brought it into the bathroom and we made our showers just like the most bougie Aphrodite-esque just amazing, luxurious experiences. And so then I invested in some nice skincare products and some like moisturizers and exfoliators. And now when I go in there, it truly feels like it's me time. That's my time with myself. And I value it so much. And I'm not just in there. I used to like jump in the shower for two minutes and like speed clean myself and then jump out. And I was like, I don't know why I'm in such a rush. Like, it's one thing if I'm trying to save the planet, but I was just like, nope, that's all we need. And then I started to take my time and I was like, wow, this is a great way to practice mindfulness and to check in with myself and to be present and aware and to feel the feelings and think the thoughts. And it's just really great for people who struggle with dissociation because it really helps you get present. I focus on the feeling of the water hitting my head, running down my body, the smell of the soap, the smell of the incense, the way the lights are going off above me. And it's so, so good. It's just like the ultimate exercise of mindfulness. Oh God. I feel like
1: you right now, I feel like the universe is like literally speaking through you. Like, I mean, obviously that's what it is doing, but I'm like, whoa, like I am really hearing this right
0: now. <laughs> really? I love when that happens. I love when I have guests on and they're like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed
1: to hear. I'm like, yeah. like, exactly. whoa. I'm like, whoa, synchronicity, 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 synchronicity. Overlap, oh,
0: overlap, oh, yeah. overlap.
1: Crazy. <laughs> what I just want to, I wanna say um what you made me think of was um in the disability community, one thing I learned, I'm not disabled, but um, my dad is. And like, so i really keep up with like disabled influencers and stuff. And one thing, the point they made was that hygiene is a privilege. Like good hygiene is literally a privilege. Like people expect that that's the norm. And it's, it's really not like that. It is a self-care practice and it's, like a privilege
0: to be, have access to hot water, to be able to clean yourself. So I just, I, don't, I really want to, I love it. that. I feel like that's such an important note. And that's something I feel like I don't even realize on a mm-hmm. super superficial level. And then you stop and think about it and you're like, wow, there are people who have to have a caretaker to help them bathe yeah. themselves. And then not everybody can jump in the shower and have that time. So definitely something so important to keep in mind. Yeah. Or who are having
1: like eight day depressive episodes and are struggling to to get out of to go into the shower, like
0: you know what I mean? It's we. I'm the queen of forgetting that mental disabilities also count as disabilities. I uh, went through this period where I was thinking about applying for disability to live off of because my bipolar had gotten so bad that I just could not hold a job. This was back in like 2020. I could not hold a job for two seconds. It was really really bad. And things ended up getting much better. And now I really like work and it really fuels me. But at the time, while I was like doing all that look into it, I was like, wow, I didn't realize that like my mental illness literally qualifies me for disability. And like, if you struggle mentally, I want you to remember that on those days where you're being hard on yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, I can never do enough. I can never do enough. Remember that you are literally fighting something and living with something that most people don't live with, and most people don't have to consider in their day to day activities and actions. And you have to kind of, I don't know, they call it a disability for a reason. It's like something that holds you back. And that doesn't mean that you're any different or any less worthy, just means that there's something that you have to be aware of. And you have to be, what's the word that I'm searching for here? Hmm. I guess, like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm like, can the universe speak it out of you real quick? <laughs> i guess i'm
1: listening to you like in awe right now like i wish i just want to be able to like emphasize that enough
0: like i'm literally in awe right now Uh, soaking up your light (laughs) and the i think the other thing just before we wrap up that i really wanted to get into is how can we use social media in a positive light because i feel like advocacy is one of the reasons social media is good. There are so many Mm -hmm. things about social media that are unhealthy and not serving us, but one of the really, really big things that I think it's good for is creating community and giving support and holding space. And so how do you think we can use social media to our advantage, especially in terms of being an advocate for mental health, for abuse survivors, for anything?
1: Mm, Okay, Well, I would say for someone who's, like, not creating content, who's um, consuming it, if you're, so, for example, I used to never comment on anything, like, ever, like, I would just, like, I was very silent on social media. If you do want to just take another, like, another step into your healing, I would really recommend, like, writing a comment or, like, maybe journaling about what that content made you think about or just, like, save it and actually look at it again later like really allow yourself to interact um, to get social with the aspect of social media I really think that's gonna that's gonna help people heal if they if they give it more of that community-based dynamic same as we were talking about with group therapy and then for people like us who are creating who are creating content keep fucking doing it you know what I mean like you have to keep fucking spreading your message that's the thing you have to keep talking about the same thing over and over and over because you never know when it's going to hit the person in that right way, like when you are becoming a vibrational match with the person that you're trying to reach. So you just keep doing it. <laughs> keep, keep going. That's always what I would love to say to people is keep going,
0: like keep staying
1: committed to your healing always.
0: Mm, that's so amazing. You have the most beautiful essence. All of these words <laughs> are landing on me. I know. My listeners right now are just like on the edge of their seats, like, we love this. So, oh my gosh, this has been such a a good conversation. So, uh, first, I want to know how can my listeners find you? We're going to do some rapid fire here in a second, but I want first them to know where they can find you, how they can connect with you, be a part of your world, all that stuff.
1: So, the best way to reach me is on Instagram. My handle is Bayfree with two A's. You can also check out my website, which is www.bayfree.com. And I also have a blog on Medium. So that's bayfree.medium.com if you want to like read some of my stuff. And I would really love it like for all of y'all listening, if you wanted to read some of my writing, like that would make me so
0: happy. Do Um, it. Seriously. (laughs) I'm going to do it. Will you send me a link today? (laughs) <laughs> love it. Okay. Before we hop off, I want to do some rapid fire. I love rapid fire. It's so fun. It's so juicy. It's rarely rapid fire with me. The other day, one of my listeners who's been listening since day one, she slid up on my story and I had said something about rapid fire and she put air quotes, rapid fire. I was like, <laughs> okay. I called the fuck out. You're not wrong though, Holland. You're not wrong. <laughs> I do not know how to do rapid fire, but here we are about to try. So what is one place that you feel like you could live forever and never get tired of
1: yeah california honestly like i love california so much i've road tripped and my car like up and down the coast so many times i grew up here but it's like there's like different sections of california are basically like different it's, like different whole worlds like it's insane um you, i just keep discovering new things like no matter where i go like joshua tree yosemite santa barbara like la i'm in la right now like there's just so many different worlds, which is cool as fuck. I love Joshua Tree. I went there for the oh yeah. Okay. last year. I was year. thinking you would with your hippie vibes. I was like, hell yeah. We could like go dancing and like connect to aliens out there.
0: <laughs> Please. We need to be in touch. We're making this happen. We're putting that out to the universe right now. Um, Absolutely. Next one. Signs feel delivered. Yes, sign still delivered. What is your spirit animal, do you think? What animal embodies you? Oh,
1: okay. I don't know if I'd call it my spirit animal, but the, my- greatest like spiritual sign is the octopus it's like really connected to this the day that i had spiritual awakening and i feel like it's because the octopus it kind of has like you know a tentacle and like all of these different realms i feel like i'm also connected to like different spiritual realms
0: what's yours amazing i think mine's a flamingo and people are always like yeah i love flamingos oh my god flamingos have been a synchronicity for me recently that's so crazy not shocked. i freaking love not shocked not shocked at all and then the next one, I love this one. If you had twenty four hours, you could be anywhere in the world with anybody, doing anything. Where are you at? Who you with? What you doing? Oh my god, that is such a good question. Uh, I
1: think I would go bungee jumping by myself.
0: <laughs> for I think twenty four hours. Like,
1: I, yeah. Or if I oh for, yeah, maybe like bungee jumping and like skydiving. Like I would like have like an intense day of like like an adrenaline day adrenaline. of adventure. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I wish that we were using the video for this my camera's not good so we can't but me and Bailey are over here just making the dumbest faces and just yeah like we are <laughs> <fighting>. <laughs> these are my favorite interviews where it literally just feels like we're on FaceTime catching up yeah. and talking and we just so happen to have clicked record like what a know, coincidence <laughs> and then the last one is what is your go-to munchie snack it's the middle of the night Ooh. 3 a.m what are you reaching for if it's
1: 3 a.m to be honest I'm probably gonna go for pineapple I love like I love me some fresh fruit I have a major sweet tooth but um it's like chocolate I really cannot get enough of chocolate like if I had a chocolate covered pineapple chocolate covered strawberries like that would
0: be that would be lush prime that would be so lush I love chocolate strawberries that's actually my very favorite snack to make I've been making them for myself Mm -hmm. a lot lately as like a self-love practice and let me tell you guys Ah! surprising yourself with chocolate strawberries is the best. And if you want to know how to surprise yourself, make them put them in your fridge, go smoke a joint and then go do something. No, <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do it. And then I show up at the first so like beautiful. 20 minutes later and I'm like, hello.
1: It's so romantic. I love that. That's so romantic for yourself.
0: <laughs> we love a hopeless romantic. We love it. We do. We do. Bailey, thank you so much for coming on. You are an incredible human being. And I just think that your mm. light is inspiring and touching more people than you realize. I definitely want to stay in connection with you absolutely, always. Absolutely. Like I can't wait to talk more and just keep chatting. I think I'm going to be on their live in yes. probably a month. So uh-huh. keep up with Bailey so you don't miss that. And yeah, just thank you for being here.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you who are listening and who are committed to your healing, like just showing up and doing this kind of work, even passively listening to this is literally changing the world. When you heal, you change the world. So just thank you to all of you listening. And thank you, Allison, so much for having me on here. I really can't wait to have you on my Instagram. Okay. (laughs)
0: you said when you heal, you change the world. And I thought t-shirt idea. So we need to be in touch. (laughs) Oh, hell
1: yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's message.
0: (laughs) All right. You guys, thank you so much for tuning into the wishing you wellness podcast. I hope you loved today's episode as much as we did. If you really loved it, feel free to leave a rating and review or share it on your Instagram story. You can tag Bailey and I, we would love to hear what you thought. Feel free to send us both some DMs. We love to hear from you guys. And yeah, this has been real and raw and inspiring. This has been Wishing You Wellness.